was thinking, <clears throat> good morning everyone. Thinking of uh, this uh, passage here, it's in Isaiah 37 and also 2 Kings 19. But um, when Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, invaded, thank you for emphasis, um, you, you know the story, Hezekiah and all that. And I thought, well, how true it is of God to make things appear that we're at a total loss. And, um, but the story says, I'll just read one verse. This is in 2 Kings 19, 35. It says, it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And they arose early in the morning, behold, they're all dead corpses. So, yeah, I did a, a, I did a study on dead corpses. See if I could derive some encouragement from that. <laughs> so Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went, returned, and dwelt at Nineveh, and he was killed by his sons. You know, I, I think it's, God has such a, a tremendous way of testing our, our trust in Him. Um, but you know, when when the when the trial has been sufficiently thorough in our lives, um, it doesn't take God any time at all to rid us of whatever is oppressive. And uh, I thought, yeah, they went to bed that night in the same condition uh, that we're under siege, surrounded, no victory in sight, and they wake up and there's 185,000 dead corpses because God sent one angel. And I thought, you know, we, once in a while, we ought to read some of those things to help us say, Lord, this looks, this looks bad, but I'm not going to be fooled by what I can evaluate and see, really, because it doesn't take you any, any effort, you know, to rid us of what has plagued us. So we consider that this morning as we approach. Lord, we thank you that you see all things. You see every life here. You see every seeming bondage that is still working. And Lord, we know your purpose is to bring us forth in the way that you only, only you can, Lord. So we trust that today, Lord. We ask that your presence be with us. Amen.
thankful we set ourselves to gather together. Appreciate the Lord meeting us this morning. I want to talk about purpose this morning. <clears throat> uh, knowing your purpose, and uh, this should hopefully be encouraging. Uh, the Lord has taken upon himself to discourage me in some areas that have forced me into being encouraged in the right areas. So that's kind of how the Lord works sometimes. And uh, learn to be thankful for that. <clears throat> We're going to open quickly in 1 Samuel 3, which I walked in and was once again reminded that that's actually over there on the, on the bulletin. You'd think that I would not uh, forget that by now. <clears throat> I guess if I was to define uh, something the Lord has been uh, working in me in the last, this last winter. You know, winter, winter usually slows down a little bit in Alaska. I mean, there's a lot of things that just do slow down in the cold, you know. But uh, work usually slows down a little bit, you know, contracting things are <clears throat> a little bit slower. And this winter hasn't, um, really hasn't slowed down uh, very much, which is a blessing, right? It's a blessing, Lord, to have, to have work. Um, but I've just, I've uh, internally like been running behind. Like you, you know, in the summer, you're just, <clears throat> you're just, you're making a run towards fall. That's part of contracting in the summer. But in, in the winter, uh, the last few weeks, we've been, we've been busy, which has been a blessing. Um, and then uh, embarrassingly slow. So we had, uh, you know, over the new year, we had had some guests coming in. We had. Um, uh, Michael stay with us, which was really great. Um, and uh, I was, I was, uh, I felt that I should take a couple of the mornings just to grab a breakfast with him before going to work. Um, and very simply put, I was, uh, I've been thinking about this already, but I was embarrassed at the anxiety of my soul to get to work for the things that were waiting on me. You know, have you had that happen? Probably a lot of you have, right? I'm not really, I'm not really good at just letting work totally at work, right? You carry it. Um, and I've already been working on this, and so this is kind of interesting how the Lord set this week up. Uh, and, and really, um, some really uh, blessed times just fellowshipping with Michael um, and just hearing his story. You know, we talked, he's come first time with Tarek, but hearing the story of what the Lord did with his family and his dad and just what he's taken him through, some, some amazing times with their family. The Lord's been really good to them. And some really tough times, with, um, you know, with their family that uh, the Lord extracting them from things that they put their whole effort into Partridge Creek. If you know anything about Partridge Creek, they did a lot of work building their houses, breaking the land. I mean, just surviving, you know, causing the wild tundra to submit and then, you know, just kind of getting into a place where it was, they had a good house, you know, they had things established and then this actually isn't where we're to be. That'd be a lot to think about. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's not just like we rented this apartment for a little bit, like we actually cut these trees, built these fields, you know, my dad had a house, we finally just got my house, my brother's house built, you know, we're, 
we're, we're established, things are going good, and then like, you know what, actually this isn't where we're to be right now. We're going to totally leave all this behind and move away. Um, and I was just, you know, and again, getting a snapshot of his life, I was so impressed by uh, how little the external really matters. And that is hard to understand. So much of what, um, so much of our, our fiber, our intention and our purpose really you can't just go to work and just exist. You know, you put yourself into what you do. Um, and we're going to talk about that. There's a really, it's, it's important to be engaged in what you're doing. The Lord has a purpose in that as well. But um, it is amazing to me how good the enemy is at working to displace the purpose that God is after with the things that we are doing, the purpose of life. If you look at, and I think uh, Ben said this yesterday, but um, to really not... To really not be pulled into the engagement of the things of this world is, it is a rare thing. Um, you know, no matter whatever field you're in, um, there's people that are doing that bigger and better. And, and to stay in that field, you have to be staying on the cutting edge. You know, if we stop advertising for snow machines and four-wheelers and, you know, take the signs down and don't have people out there riding, you know, someone else is going to make the sales. You don't, you know, we just don't, hey, come on the door if you want to. We are aggressively staying in the market. We're aggressively going after proposals for contracting. We're aggressively, you know, trying to sell things. <clears throat> you don't, but um, it is very, uh, I'm, I'm just amazed that I'm 46 or something like that. It jumps around a little bit. <clears throat> I'm still a young guy. But um, you know, you tell your kids, you know, you're, you're not what you do, right? And then you look in the mirror and you think, you know, how much of your identity really is, if you think about yourself and what you think of your person and your value and really what you bring to the table, how much of that really is, is your skills and what you, what you know, what you're doing? Um, it's, it's a lot more for me than, than I think. And I know that because of what pulls on my heart when, when the table is loaded and I go to get quiet, or I go to take time with, like I said, with Michael, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, man, I need to be at the office right now. I have these two proposals that are embarrassingly late. And I'm like, you know, wait a minute. <clears throat> Lord, remind me everything, everything going on here at the external, everything has zero value unless it is enabling me to know on the inside what the Lord is after. And you know what the, the purpose of God we're going to talk about building the house of the Lord, but the purpose of God is not to build what is going on here, only in so much as it creates an environment that he can build the temple within, that he can actually change us. That is the purpose of God. If you want to know what, for me, what is the purpose of God in my life? He actually intends to change who I am. Now that is a serious thought to consider. I like what Ben said yesterday about some of the little things that the Lord has boiled down for him about what must go. Um, when my entire processing capacity, when my entire energies and engagements <clears throat> are overrun by what is going on, it can, it can smother out uh, the true intention of what God is doing on the inside. And I, I just want to open up a stand. We're not going to look at this for long, but... Um, such a great little passage here, looking at Eli, because, you know, Eli here is the, he's been the high priest, he has, he's of the family of, he's, everything is right about what Eli has going on. 
He's doing the service of the Lord, which, by the way, I think someone, maybe it was Nate the other day, but reminded us about, you know, being a priest was a lot of work. You know, if you've ever just slaughtered a cow or a pig or a moose, most of you, you know, it is a lot. Just, just doing one um, is a lot of work. If your job for the day is just slaughtering all these oxen, I mean, if you, oh, man, it's, it's not, you know, this is a lot of work. And these guys totally lost sight of what they were doing, I mean, of why they were doing for what they were doing. Very easy thing to have happen. And the Lord's like, you know what? This is, I'm bringing in a whole new priesthood that has a heart after me that is really sensitive to what I'm doing. And I just want to just read this again because it's such a, a, great, little, um, a great little example here of uh, <clears throat> what the Lord raises up. Um, we're really going to look at Solomon today, but I want to capture this. And this is in verse 1, and again, this has been read, I think, a couple times, but this just kept coming back to me. It says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days, and there was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, <clears throat> and his eyes began to wax dim, but he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out of the temple of the Lord, where the ark was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. Step number one what that's, that's, that you see here is that Samuel actually heard the voice of the Lord. That's, that's important. And uh, it's important to be sensitive to that. And so he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went, and the Lord called yet again. Samuel. Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called thee not, my son, lie down. Eli is... Eli has no clue at this point of, of the very thing that he has. You know, he's supposed to be hearing from the Lord. He, not only is he hearing from the Lord, he's not even aware of that the Lord speaking to somebody else. Right? This is, this is called a slow, there is a massive disconnect here. And, and Eli's been, he's been in the business of being a priest, totally disconnected. And the Lord called a third time. And he rose when Eli is like, buddy, I'm telling you, you know, thou didst call me. And finally, thank the Lord for this. This is great. Eli is, you know, I think something is going on here. You know? <laughs> Perceive that the Lord had called child, the child, and therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he called thee that thou shalt speak, uh, shall say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went down his place. And the Lord, the Lord wakes him up, and Eli is aware that the Lord, you know, the next day he grabs him up and he's like, Tell me everything. And if you, if you don't tell me everything, that's fine. I was like, you know, the Lord do so unto you. He, knows, he knew what was happening. But <clears throat> if, you, if you read what the Lord says about Eli, it is not a good picture. And um, Eli just found himself simply just doing his duty, disconnected from the calling and purpose that was behind what was going on. And he finds himself in the place of the priesthood, in the house of the Lord, literally in the house of the Lord, unaware of the voice of the Lord. I will say this, we all find ourselves on any given week just having gone and engaged in what we're doing with, with a purposed, meaningful heart, serving everything else. Um, I am becoming very thankful for the things that the Lord makes go wrong that, or, or the changes that he brings to my week, the things that disturb that to remind me because he knows my frame, to remind me, hey, do you know why you're doing what you're doing? You know, do you know the purpose to what you're doing? If you consider um, the purpose of that people go after, we, we went up to a job to look at the permafrost, I think you told a little bit about that, but 
there's, there's, uh, I'm just amazed again at how many people are very, very serious about the work they're doing. They're really good at it, they're very committed. There's nothing new or special about that. You need to be, you need to give yourself wholly to what you're doing. This word is not about that. But that is not anything special. What is very special is the people such as us that are aware that the Lord is at work to actually change the nature that we have. The purpose of God that is going on that is more important than any massive economical thing that is more important than the Ukraine thing that is more important than Hamas and all those things. The Lord is at work quietly across the world in a people to change who you are. Now that is something to be excited about. That's incredible because you and I both know how impossible it is to change one little habit that we have. It is, it is, go try anything else, but that, it is very, very challenging. And um, you can turn to 1 Kings 5, we're gonna look here. But um, just, again, talking to, to Michael and about, and, and the people that were involved and all the, you know, having a good laugh at the fact that, uh, as John Vasiliga said, if you were more spiritual, you went farther into the woods and you stayed for longer. Um, and thank the Lord that's out of vogue. Um, but First uh, uh, Kings five. Um, if you consider the work of the Lord, what that started this entire movement, um, there was a lot of riffraff that was caught up in the work of the Lord. But if you actually consider the people even here that were, and some that have gone before us, so I was talking about Brother Jack the other day, I was thinking about how many of these people were so established in what they were doing. Just, this is where all of us from my age down grew up, so it isn't really going to relate to, to young people like me. Um, but really, God across, across the world just stopped people in their tracks with a, with a revelation of something so much different than they'd ever known, and they realized the importance of what I've been doing my whole life, it means nothing compared to what I've just had my eyes open to. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to walk away from everything. I mean, I don't remember if Jack and Aaron were pretty close to retirement. I mean, you might, you know, some, some, we would at this stage have some honest discussion about maybe the Lord, are you sure? Just maybe just stay right here for a couple months. You know, retirement would be a good thing to have, right? We need to live in this world. There'd be a lot of different discussions. None of those, I mean, there were, and again, a lot of, a lot of just, you know, some of those extractions were, were not done properly with parents and grandparents. I've been a part of the Lord redeems all that, right? But there had to be a massive movement of the Spirit to just take people, get them out of where they were, and get them on a path to somewhere totally different with the weight of what they were doing being in the balance nothing. And the weight of what God was doing in their heart being everything. Just, you know, drive every night to some place 100 miles away to hear the word because this is so much more than what I've been doing. You gotta give consideration to what God put in place to start this work. Amazing, I mean just totally crazy, totally out of boundaries for anything of any sort of explanation going on. And we all know, you know, what are you doing putting your family in this truck and driving to Alaska with zero plan? I'm not sure, I just know this is what I'm to do. Literally zero plan. We're going down the road, we don't have a plan, we don't know anything about Alaska, we don't have any money, we're going down the road. You know why? Because this is what needs to be happening right now. This is, this is just an overwhelmingly greater vision than anything else that we've known. Everything of this world, I just wanna say, there is, uh, 
to, we are in the world, we're connected to the world with what we're doing, we have to be. And, and there is a great risk of just finding ourselves going along with the ebb and flow of the economy, of the, of the drivers, of the movers of the world, just like everybody else. This is the principle that happens to people that slowly become disconnected from a sensitivity to the work of the Lord. Look through the kings. It's, it's, I've just been reading about how many kings stayed the course. Not very many stayed the course. I mean, it is, it's, it's irritating how many started on such a clean path. And if you look at Solomon, we're going to look at Solomon here. We're going to end on good news. I'm just going to give you that, that little glimpse to the future because Solomon is not great news. We all know that. But Solomon, I mean, we're talking about starting off with a bang of power and of the Lord's work that is just on another level. If I just, again, last night just breezed through the house of the Lord and the house for himself that he built. I mean, we're not talking to, to, to scale it to what else was going on in the world that day. When the Queen of Sheba comes and she's like, you know what, what I've just seen, literally, I have no words to compare what I've just seen. You know, maybe if you were to drop us into Hong Kong, we're just going to look at the skyscraper, she'd be like, mind blown at the amount of concrete that, that is going on in this city. You know, it is amazing. The, the construction projects are... You know, mind warping when you see them, whatever. The Hoover Dam, some of these things are they're astounding. But just to drop in on what Solomon had going on, the greatest people in the world, mind blown. This is, you know, Solomon is on, the Lord established Solomon in an amazing way. And, uh, and he was really good at, he was the best contractor around. He was the best, you know, shyster, the best dealer. He had great wisdom, we know that. In verse, uh, in, in chapter 5, as we know, King David was not able to build the house of the Lord because of, of the war that he was in. In verse 1, I just want to catch some of these highlights. And Hiram, king of Tyre, sent his servants unto Solomon, for he had heard that they had anointed him king in the room of his father, for Hiram was ever a lover of David. <clears throat> and Solomon sent to Hiram, saying, Thou knowest how that David thy father could not build, and my father could not build an house under the name of the Lord his God, for the wars which were about him, until the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord my God hath given me rest on every side. This is a great place to be starting in. And Solomon is aware of what the Lord wants to do with him at this point. The Lord my God hath given me rest on every side. Just that is an amazing thing. To have, to have rest on every side from the wars. To be aware of what you're doing right now. A clear vision. So that there is neither adversary nor evil occurrence. Amazing. Behold, I purpose to build an house unto the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord spake unto David my father, saying, Thy son, whom I will set up in thy throne, in the throne of thy room, he shall build an house unto my name. Now therefore command thou that they hew me cedar trees out of Lebanon, and my servants shall be with thy servants, and, we will, and unto thee will I give hire for thy servants, according to all that thou shalt appoint. For thou knowest that there is none among us that can skill to hew timber like unto the Sidonians. Hiram was like better than the Bass Leaguers in the woods. This guy is amazing at trees. I mean, this guy is, and his dad, if you read on, is like the greatest brass worker in town. Not in town, like in the world. Um, so it comes to pass, and it's amazing that the Lord puts these people, like, you know, you look at Cyrus and all these people. God has no trouble bringing around a support to the work he's doing from anywhere. It's never an issue for the Lord. We found that here. We don't, you know telling Michael about the base, going up there with, going there with Stan and the boys to, you know, the commissary, and then it was going to be a prison, and now it's a missile field. I mean, just, you know, there's no room for a question of God's ability to support the work that he's doing. None. I mean, it's just astounding. 
When Hiram heard the words of Solomon, that he rejoiced greatly, and said, Blessed be the Lord this day, which hath given unto David a wise son over his great people. And Hiram said to Solomon, I have considered the things which thou send me so far, and will do all that thy desire, desire uh, concerning timber for cedar and all these things. And, you know, he makes an infinity, he goes on. And, uh, and Solomon has some massive plans. And, and, um, and I want to catch just a couple of highlights that I, that I took out here. Um, if you, uh, because Solomon starts, again, the plan for the house of the Lord is immense. And, if, and we do not have time, but just, just the scale of it is astounding. Um, and then, uh, you know, the Lord, there's a little, uh, I want to catch here. Uh, in the end of chapter 6. But in the 11th year, in the month of Bull, which is the 8th month, was the house finished throughout all the parts thereof, according to all the fashion of it. Seven years, amazing project. So he was seven years in building it. And there's a little verse right here that's very irritating. But Solomon was building his own house 13 years. You know, and he finished all his house. As this is all taking place, Solomon is building... Really, he's making connections with Hiram, and I don't have time to walk you through this whole thing, but everything that he's doing, it, it starts out with everything driving towards the focal point of what the Lord is doing. The, the driving focal point is the house of the Lord. Somewhere along the line, um, as Solomon is building the house of the Lord, what gets lost is the fact that what God was not after was, was this external house that God actually wanted to work within Solomon to to be to be the house of the Lord. Does that make sense? Like Solomon is does a very good job getting the house of the Lord built. But as this goes along and as you see him start getting into building his house and a house for the daughter of Pharaoh, I mean just the things that he constructs are amazing. And he puts into action a a taxation and a and a you know system with ships and I mean they're hauling brass and gold and silver and cedar. I mean, things are going places and things are getting built. And slowly but surely, Solomon is making affinities with this whole system that's going on. And he marries, marries Pharaoh and he marries this person, that person. And somehow, the beginning that he had of, Lord, give your servant wisdom, where he praised the Lord, and the Lord's like, that's a great plan, I'll give you wisdom. Somehow, Solomon's heart is slowly beginning to be more wrapped up in the thing that's going on than what God is doing within. And that's, that's an awful thing because of what, what he started with. And even if you look at his prayers in, verse, in, in 1 Kings 8, Solomon's prayers, he's aware of what the Lord's doing in the beginning. He's dedicating, I just want to jump into what, what this, you know, if thy people go out to battle against their enemy, whithersoever thou shalt send them, and pray to the Lord for the city which thou hast chosen and toward the house that I have built. Then hear thou in heaven their prayer and their supplication. Again, I skipped over it, but this is like, He's offered up some, you know, enough cattle and oxen to feed us for like the next 20 years. It's incredible. And if they sin against me, for, the, the, for there is none that sinneth not, and be angry with them, and deliver them to the enemy, so that they carry them away captive to the land of their enemy far near. Yet if they shall bethink themselves in the land where they were carried, and repent and make supplication. He goes on, and so return unto thee with all their heart and their soul, in the land of their enemies which led them captive, and pray unto thee toward their land, which thou gavest unto their fathers, and the city which thou hast chosen, and the house which I have built for thy name, then hear thou their prayer and their supplication in heaven, thy dwelling place, and maintain their cause. And then jump down to 53. You know, he's, he's, he knows what can happen. For thou didst separate them from among all the people of the earth to be thine inheritance, as thou spake by the hand of Moses thy servant, when thou broughtest thy fathers out of Egypt. 
And, and then, I just, this is the last thing I'm going to look at with Solomon. If you turn to chapter 9, it says, And it came to pass, when Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord and the king's house, and all Solomon's desire, which he was pleased to do, that the Lord appeared to Solomon a second time, as he appeared to him at Gibeon. And the Lord said, I heard thy prayer and thy supplication, and I have hallowed this house. I mean, the Lord is with Solomon. He's actually blessing the work of his hands. And he's cautioning him. I mean, this is... And, and Solomon actually knows what the Lord's saying to him. So far, things are, are really on track. In verse 4, If thou walk before me as thy David father walked, in integrity of heart and uprightness, to do according to all that I have commanded thee, and will keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish thy throne, the throne of thy kingdom, forever, as I promised to David thy father. I mean, this is, this is the Lord is just saying, Solomon, don't forget that all this stuff that's going on, don't forget how small you were when you said, you know, at the beginning, I don't know how to go out or come in. A lot changed from that time to right now, you know. Solomon knows how to do a lot of things really well. Verse 6, But if you shall at all turn from following me, ye are your children, and will not keep my commandments and my statutes, which I have set before you, then I will cut off Israel. Anyway, I was thinking about this word, judgments, because a couple times this comes up where the Lord talks to him about Forgetting his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments. And you know, um, the judgments of the Lord, we've talked about this, they can kind of have a negative ten, uh, you know, connotation, uh, you know, the judgments of the Lord. But if you, if you are without the judgment of the Lord in your life and the work that he's doing, you are in great trouble. Because every day uh, in the work that the Lord is doing on the heart, the most important thing is that the Lord is revealing to you what must go and what must stay. That, if I could boil down for a teenager version of what the judgments of the Lord are, the Spirit of the Lord should be at work in your life to show you what must go and what must remain. And I am so thankful that the Lord is still at work in our hearts to stop us in our tracks with all that's going on. There's a lot that's happening in Weissman. There's a lot of big plans, a lot of big infrastructure going on. There's a lot of busyness. But what the Lord is doing this morning on Saturday morning here in the middle of the winter, there is zero deviation from the intention of the Lord to, to make us, to change us into the calling of, of Christ that He is after. That, that is what He's after. And the judgments of, of the Lord that are work in our life, um, and I think all of us know this, we've been hearing this, it is good to take note when the Lord makes you aware in your life when he, when he opens your eyes, maybe it's something that's been said to you from someone else, or it's just something that, that in your quiet time he makes aware to you, that must change. That thing, those things that the Lord reveals to you, boy, it is, it is of so much greater importance to give yourself to that work. To give yourself to the work of the heart than it is to give yourself to the work of the day. And I will say that that is easy to say and it is hard to do. I, I know how hard it is to just get quiet before the Lord and not have contracting running through my head. I'd be a complete liar to say, oh yeah, that's... No, actually, that is the most challenging thing I find on my plate right now. You know, kids, don't get taken up in what's... Go oh, oh, Gabe, don't get taken up. It's not like it's a great secret what is, what is the most important thing. It's just, what is moving me this week? What is, is the intention of God in my life really moving me like work... And the structure of work, it has to go. We have to show up for work. Everything here, and I want to say this, it's, 
The Lord has provided places for us to engage in, to put our hands to. I, I think John Cheever said this, you know, if you're in the barn, if you're in the school, if you're in the kitchen, do it with your whole heart, do it well. That has been what Whitestone has done all along. We were, if you look back at just what we did, if we're gonna do it at all, do it with your whole heart, right? That was, I think, what we called the, uh, wasn't the tuition for the school, exactly. You gotta bring your whole heart. That standard of excellence, I love that. But you know, the standard of excellence for where we put our hands to, if that begins to overshadow me taking intention to say, Lord, you know what, I've just run through the week because I'm so busy and, I, and, I, and, and this thing just happened. It stopped me in my tracks and it's a great irritation. This, whatever it is, an unfortunate confrontation, somebody, you know, my, my plan's getting messed up, the, the, the job getting messed up, that just, Lord, you're, why did you mess with me? This, all the things that are happening with us just physically, Lord, what? He's at work to remind us. If he's going to be faithful to us, he is going to be messing with us. I just, and I don't like being messed with. I can tell you, I'm probably at the front of the line. I like things to just go forward and go smoothly. But I found that that doesn't really put within me what the Lord wants to put within me. When I look back at the times that, that growth took place within me in the internal realm, it was when the Lord met me with something that really wasn't okay to keep going. And I, I just think that um, we must give consideration for all the things that are happening. If you think about Solomon and all the big work, and the Lord comes to him in a dream twice, and he's aware of it, and he remembers it, the Lord working with him, he says, Solomon, be aware, be aware. You know, this is what happens when you're engaged in what you're doing. Just remember what, you know, my, my statutes and my judgments, if you keep those, if you just keep those, you're gonna be here, I'm gonna establish you in your, in your kingdom for forever. But it didn't happen because that's not the tendency. But we find ourselves in a place where the Lord is clearly at work in us. As Ben said, I just, this is right where I've been at, that revealing in you and me the habits, the responses, the, the fears, the anxieties. You know what? These aren't okay to remain in the land. How serious are you about those things? I mean, really, I've been asking myself, if God were to take a, a metering of the, of the intention of my purpose, how much does heritage get? And how much does the purpose of God get in my life? You know, the meter isn't in a great place all the time. It's not a great confession of, of victory. But thank you, Lord, that you remind me that that's not what I'm here for. Those things are a scaffolding. The scaffolding cannot overtake the work that's actually going on. And man, the world is nothing but scaffolding. And people live their whole lives literally giving hard work, sacrificing to climb the ladder of scaffolding to make it big. We, I have a lot of good laughs with my kids about movies and you know, because it, on the screen, you know, the, the, the Hollywood you know, format looks so amazing. And if you stop to read about any of their lives and their families, oh my God, disaster, you know? I mean, I've, I've watched some great, I, my kids know I'm into true stories. I just, there's enough true stories out there. My God, don't spend your time in the made up world, but anyway. Leaving that advertisement behind, but um, sometimes we'll, I'll, you know, a true story is very well done. It gives cause for consideration. I, I'm in support of those things, just, just to put it on the record. Um, but, uh, but then you look at the person that portrayed, maybe who did that, and you realize, man, their life, there's nothing about their life that I want to emulate. This is, you know, there's maybe three people in Hollywood that have a long-lasting marriage out of, like, thousands. I don't know. It may be one and a half. I don't know. It's not maybe three. But, I mean... 
not a great standard of excellence. And, but all of us know the world we're living in, my phone's, I don't know where it's on my side. We all come back and you want a brain break. This thing to me, people, is so practical. It's easy from old to young to just find time just going by. What did I do with that time? Lord, did I miss? Are we religious? No, there's no monitoring. There's no, there's no you know, whistleblowing going off for, for amount of hours doing whatever. But it's just so easy to just roll along with the way this world functions. There's nothing new about that. And nothing about this brings a focus or an intention or a clarity to the things that the Lord is quietly revealing to me that need to change. That's about as simple as I can make it. There's no rules. There's, there's freedom here. You know, I love the Steelers. I hope they win. That's all great. Uh, you know, there's those things where freedom to do that. But actually... When you take stock of what just takes up your time, it is amazing to me when I, when I stop and say, Lord, the things that you said to me this week that I, that I know were important, did they actually have time to resonate, to land in my heart? For me to give consideration of them, were they drowned out? And yes, I can tell you, there's things that get drowned out, like just work and life and entertainment, whatever. Lord, I, I don't want to be in that place. I want to be aware of what you're doing. And there is some great, um, we won't look at Asa, but Asa is an amazing one. You know, there's Solomon, there's uh, Rehoboam, his son, and he, disasters happening. And then somehow Asa comes up. And he had, you know, these people have maybe some mothers that were part of the priesthood that the Lord brings up. And they just, they, they come alive with an awareness of what are we doing here? And they call the whole country together. And they, you know, you look at Josiah and these people, it's, it's exciting that the Lord, the Lord does that. But I want to take a look at, um, ooh. Deuteronomy 8. We won't be too much, too much longer. Again, are you aware of the purpose of God in your life? And is it the most important thing? I just want to keep this simple because the thing that is most important in your life, I can say what that is, but the time that I take towards something, the intention of my heart that I put towards something, to go before the Lord to ask Him for things, reveals to me really what is important to me. You know, it's just, there's not a job that I'm just going to let fall off in heritage. I care too much about it. I'm not, you know, it's, there's not a job I can say that I'm involved in that I just, that the budget and the, and the labor and the materials, it's just out there happening. It's going to just kind of go along. It's going to be good. You know, there's some good guys on it. There's a lot of things actually that I don't think about anymore because Dave Brooks and other guys have them, have them covered. But I don't just disengage from any job until it's done. And then I want to see a job cost, and I want to know, what did we do wrong? What can we do better, right? All of us are making those metrics and where we're at. It, there can't be any time. There's, there's never a good time in what we're doing for just the work of the heart to just be put aside for a minute because we're so busy with everything else going on. Maybe you're not busy with a huge teaching load or a huge kitchen load, or I don't know what it is. We all have things we're involved in, and those things are good things. But that scaffolding must remain a scaffolding. Do you know what I mean? All those things, we have to work to keep them a secondary force in our lives. That, that Lord, okay, the time that I put here to, to really fellowship with people. I was just, again, I was so blessed just getting some time with Michael Berge, just hearing what the Lord did in his life. It gives me pause and it gives me thought and it gives me challenge to see, man, the Lord, the Lord drug this guy through the trenches for some years and... His wife nearly died until they got everything, you know, amazing. He, I'll tell you this one thing, because it was, it was just neat. It's nothing really, but uh, Tara could tell you more. But Clara has, is it lupus, right, Megan? 
anyway, really uh, quite a painful disease. But um, they really, you know, he was feeling like they were going to trust the Lord to not get medical uh, help. And, and the Lord does that at times. Anyway, he, they had, him and his wife had gone, <clears throat> done a lot of work to go hunting up in the, uh, up in the Yukon. And they had they'd t- they'd gone upstream to this a really special place um, that they'd you know, done a lot of planning for. Got all this stuff together, and for those of you that, you know, we go out on quads, once you can't take your quad and everything's in your backpack, there's a lot of work and preparation that gets into going hunting. And, um, and hunting is really close to the work of the Lord, so we're going to talk about it right now. <laughs> because it's a great, it's just a great, has a lot, so many principles that Angela likes us to use at work. So, um, <clears throat> anyway, they went up the stream one day, they weren't seeing anything, they, they worked on another way, and then they, this one night, John had this dream that he was to, he was to leave where he was, I'm, I'm going to condense things. Sorry, Mike. Mike had this dream. Leave where he was, and the Lord was going to tell him something at Whitestone. He's out hunting, and he gets this dream, and he can't sleep the rest of the night. And Clara has a dream that, I, I forget the details of it, but something bad took place while they're hunting. And they both wake up, and he starts to say this to her. And, you know, Mike says this, and she says this, and he's like, wow, we, and they're just getting going on that. Can you imagine, I mean, can you imagine just starting on your hunting trip and stopping it because the Lord gave you a dream? I mean, we could just say law on that for a while. Anyway, they literally pack up their bags. Has anybody left a hunting crew early and come back home? Anyway, they pack up their bags and they go home. And they hadn't seen any moose. And they're sitting there for dinner. This is a fun little piece that happened. And Mike looks over and there's a moose, a bull moose, a large bull moose standing in the corral outside. He runs and grabs his gun and he shoots this moose. And then they book travel to Alaska, right? I mean, this is just, this is wild. And they get to the land, and they are really in the turmoil of, of seeking the Lord about what to do for Clara, because it was really, she was getting very sick, and they didn't know what was going on. And he stayed home from an evening service to pray, because it was at such that level. They come to service the next day, and Bonnie Mason had a vision for uh, Michael and Clara that she gave to John Berge, and Brother Bill saw, or gave to John Basiliga, and Brother Bill was there with him as well, and he said, I want to keep that till they get to Whitestone, so he snatched the vision away. So John Basiliga came and said, there's been a vision for you that that Brother Bill is going to share with you at Whitestone. Okay, so he gets that, and then John John Basiliga says to Mike, he says, I just want to say to you again, you know, you know, you know this already, but I really think you should get some, some medical help. Anyway, they come to Whitestone. Where the Bill reads his vision, vision of having he, John has a, or Mike, I'm talking about John Mike so much, Mike has a backpack on with a massive boulder on it, and he's told by the Lord to set this thing down. And he sets it down, and the boulder just breaks apart. So, they, I'm condensing a lot, but they decide they should call for help. And they call someone that gives them a contact in Vancouver. And they send blood work to Vancouver, and they call this doctor. He says, I am booked for the next 15 months, but your blood work is so important that you need to come see me in the next like five days, he told her, like less than a week. You need to come down here, and when you get here, call my cell phone, I will leave what I'm doing, and I'll come meet up with you. They fly to Vancouver, and they're having lunch at a cafeteria, they call him, and within about half an hour, this doctor shows up. He said there's a new, there's a new drug that um, is very specific for what you have going on, and your levels are, you shouldn't even be able to be walking around right now, it's incredible. But this thing is very specific to this, and, and, um, and so we're gonna get you that, and of course, it. Turned out to, you know, what, what Mike was saying is likely, you know, saving her life. And she's still working through the pain of some of those things every day. But just the sequence of God waking them up in the night, giving them those things, going up here, getting a vision, coming here. You know, these are just little, little things along the line 
that are life-changing, right? These are just little, little things like, it's not okay to miss those things that the Lord gives us uh, that are so uh, far from the cacophony of the structure of the scaffolding of the system of this world. That's just about the best I can say. There are so many great grand things going on. We're, we're looking right now to get our businesses in line you know, to, to serve us more and not us serve them. Um, but the Lord does, the purpose of God with all of these things around us is that he's just quietly working with us in areas that, that must change. If you're giving attention and you're giving intention and you know that, that the things that the Lord's after with you uh, can't continue, then you're in the right place. It's as simple as that. Be at peace that the Lord has, you know, like, like a psalmist said, there's no wars around me. How thankful am I that the Lord is still at work with me to reveal to me what must go and what must stay because his intention is to change me. I mean, that is just an amazing thing. I've gone, I've gone out to change some habits and, and made resolutions over and over and over again that are a complete waste of time. That just try to tackle one thing about yourself, you know? It's not like next week that same thing isn't going to bother you any less. You know what I mean? Like, we could get really close to home with some things. I wasn't going to talk about getting frustrated with, with packing cars or anything like that. But, you know, you can't change anything about you. But the Lord is at work to reveal to you what must go. Man, I'm so thankful for that. That is so much more exciting uh, than all the big things that are happening. Turn to Job 14. We know this. I'm going to read, read two more scriptures and we will promptly close. Job 14. Did I already say two, did you say? No. Oh. I just heard a voice behind me that said, didn't you already say that? I thought, and I was like, did I already say two scriptures? Oh man, I never read that? Gosh. Okay, we are going to, this is simple, because it's quick. Sorry, I got so excited about hunting that I just missed this verse. Okay. All the commandments, and I can write, this is, you shall observe, I want to get down to verse three. And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. Again, he's just, what the Lord does with all this is because he's providing all these things. And I actually missed this one part. Oh, yeah. The way in which he led thee these 40 years in the wilderness, to humble thee, and to prove thee, and to know as in thine heart. I love that, because... Forty years is a lot going on. And the Lord is like, he gets Joshua and Caleb out of all these people that, that actually get what he's doing. I mean, that is, that is some very slim odds. I've never divided three million or whatever it is by two people, but it's a small number, that actually got what the Lord was doing. He, and, and this is what the Lord is doing with us. He is, it's not that the Lord doesn't know what's in my heart. I need to know what is in my heart. It needs to be revealed to me what is in my heart if I'm going to be who the Lord says I'm going to be. Now we will go to Job 14, which is just, just such a great passage, and we, and we know this anyway. <clears throat> but it says in verse 1, I love how this starts out, Man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. You could just stop there. <laughs> uh, Solomon has a lot of proverbs like that. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. Anyway, and dost thou open thine eyes upon such a one and bringest me into judgment with thee? Who could bring a clean thing out of an unclean? This is the work that the Lord is doing. You know, like nobody but the Lord is the, un, is the unspoken answer. 
Uh, seeing that his days are determined, the number of his months are with thee, thou hast appointed his bounds that he cannot pass. You know, he goes on to, to say all these things that are taking place. And I want to come to 13. Oh, that thou wouldest hide me in the grave, that thou wouldest keep me secret until thy wrath be passed, that thou wouldest appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man dies, shall he live again? And here's what, this is, all the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Thou shalt call, and I will answer thee, and thou wilt have a desire to the work of thy hands. It is as simple as that. How long will it take for the Lord to change me into what I am to be? I don't know. It's taken a lot longer for some things to happen. But what I do know is that the Lord's timing is never wrong, and it's never too late. <laughs> All of the appointed days. How long are your appointed days? What is appointed for you where you work? What is appointed for you in school? What is appointed for you in the kitchen? I don't know. But all of those appointed days, I will wait for my change to come. Be engaged in the thing that the Lord is doing. You know, being engaged in what the Lord is doing changes everything about the what that you are doing. You know what I mean? Like, we have some people here working in places that they're really excited about, that are challenging, they're exciting. And we have some people here that are serving in places they've been asked to serve that are not so challenging and not so exciting. Okay, both things are going on. And the Lord has made a lot of provision for us to, to have more opportunity to do things that, that are exciting. But I want to say that whatever that is, when the inside thing is going on, the outside thing really doesn't matter quite as much. The Lord brings purpose to everything from the inside out, not the outside in, right? It's like... We can work so hard to make Whitestone so great, and, and we're going to do that. We're going to do better things. We're Someday, maybe even have a bridge. I don't know. It's going to be great, and then we'll have new problems to face, right? But all of the exterior is exciting because of what's going on on the interior. I'm, I'm trying to find some new words to say this, but the work of the inner man brings all of the meaning to the work of the Lord that's going on the exterior. It has to happen that way. And I can say that when you, no matter, maybe you're 10, maybe you're 15, when you give some time, when you give some consideration to realize, I'm not getting, you know, maybe I've watched four shows around my homework or whatever I'm doing, that maybe I'm playing this game, and there's not, there is not a fullness to my soul. I find an emptiness in my soul. Maybe the Lord has brought the emptiness to my soul because He's driving me to find out actually what my purpose is. There's nothing better to be doing. Take time to find out what your purpose is because everything comes from that to the exterior. Maybe it's just to wait upon the Lord for your change to come. Maybe it's to just say, Lord, you know, we have some young people that are in long-term waiting for some physical things to change that are really serious. What is the Lord doing? I don't know. I'd be a total fool to go up and just, the Lord has said to me, no, but I know that the Lord doesn't waste time. I know the Lord doesn't do anything by mistake. I know that he has an intention towards a very specific thing that he's doing that is of great importance. That's so much more exciting than the, than the what is, is, uh, is the why. Turn to Philippians 3. We're going to close here. <clears throat> I was going to read a little bit about Paul. We don't really have time. But, you know, he comes to Agrippa and he says, you know what? I was headed to Jerusalem. I was going to go after the Jews. You know, Paul, Paul had some great intentions. I was going to, you know. And, and then he, you know, Lord knocked me on my feet. And he's like, rise, stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. Right? And Paul, what he says is, he says, I have not been unfaithful to the heavenly vision. I love that. Like, here he is. He's in, he's in captivity. He got knocked off his horse a long time ago. He got drugged through shipwrecks and all that. But what he says is, you know what? I've, I've 
really kept myself committed to the heavenly vision. The Lord brings the things in our, in our path that are a disturbance to remind us of the simple internal heavenly vision that is going on, that work. Um, I'm thankful for all of the scaffolding of this place. All of you here that are also involved in that work, you know, the Lord's going to put us wherever He wants to, but I don't have a better place to be, to be reminded each day of the work on the inside. And that is what Whitestone should be bringing to the table for me, not all the other things. Family funds growing, cars are getting better, but what Whitestone should be bringing to me is a, just simply a support to be able to be engaged in the work of the Lord. And, and that is the most important thing. Philippians 3, it says, and we know this in 18, For many walk, of whom I have often told you, and now tell you in weeping, that they are enemies of the cross, whose end is destruction, <clears throat> whose God is their belly. This is simply what the world has going on, just working hard to serve me, whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. But our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto His glorious body, according to the working whereby He is able even to subdue all things unto Himself. I don't know what kind of impossibilities you find within your soul. As the Lord reveals more, it seems like it's farther away sometimes. Like, Lord, are you really able to pull this off from the likes of me? Because I'm seeing more problems. I'm seeing a greater chasm between my nature and where you called me to. You know, really? I can't even, I've been just working on this one response for two weeks. Really, Lord? No, actually, the Lord knows all of those things. He knows those capacities. He knows those inabilities. And what is, what is important for me is to wait upon the Lord for that change that I don't miss what he's doing. And that word wait there in Job, it means to, to tarry or to trust. I love that word, to trust. All the days of my appointed time will I trust. There has to be a full persuasion that um, if you simply commit yourself with, with an intention, again, it's not that we can resolve to do more, but an intention to be aligned with the work of the Lord. The Lord himself is going to hold your hand, no matter what, how dark it seems, no matter how lost the trail seems at the moment. We have a Lord that is at work perfectly in our lives to continue to faithfully reveal to me what must go, what must stay, to bring change in my heart. His grace is perfectly geared today. Knowing my frustrations and my shortcomings and my impatience and all those things, the Lord has made today a provision for me to grow forward with everything that needs to take place on the inside if I simply have a sensitive heart towards His work. And you know what happens? It's not like Solomon where the house of the Lord displaces the, the house inside. Both things get built at the same time. The Lord is faithful to establish all of the exteriors. He's faithful to give you meaning. Meaning in what's going on in the day. Meaning in the week. Purpose in the week. And the light that comes to our day is because we're aware that we're just we're involved in the great purpose of God. That should be exciting. I'm thankful uh, for this environment, for this scaffolding that brings an atmosphere that, that just simply provides the, the opportunity for me to be aware of the work of the Lord. So take time, whatever you're doing, um, just give consideration to the things the Lord has put in your path because He's so committed to finishing this work. Amen?
think we see um, all through scripture the danger is where the people left off um, paying attention to the judgments of God. Yeah. And it says in Romans 1 where they, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and they, be, <clears throat> they began to worship the created more than the creator. And that's, that's a danger for the people of God. You know, you, you see there with Solomon, he left off the judgments. Um, and I've been, the scripture there in Habakkuk, you know, I will stand my watch and see what the Lord will say to me and how, and how I will respond or answer when I am what. Like there was an attentiveness to the reproof. And that, the reproof is not doom. It's not gloom. It can be that way when, when you're stopped. Right? I was uh, telling uh, this, this couple over here, whatever their, uh, wherever the relationship is, kind of walking it out of there, that's being defined. But I remember all the discussion we had way back about walking it out. That was new to us. But what stuck in my mind was it really is a time where we, the benefit, to get the benefit of it is to, to allow the judgment of the Lord, you know, so that you can think things are, that you can control or are left into the hands of God so that he can touch anything he wants in advance. Much easier to have the judgment in advance than after the, the wedding day. But uh, <clears throat> I, was, I was telling Michael, and then actually it was telling Corey yesterday, um, you know, when we, about the uh, little history, when we had the fire over here in the generator room, and we were left without power, and scrambling all summer, you know, to get this a new generator facility. We had outdoor uh, power over here. And about, it must have been October or November, we're getting very close to having it finished, right? And um, somebody invited judgment on our doorstep. And my point in all this is, um, what, when you see it correctly, because judgment can either really be a thistle and stop you and, and you can resent it, or you can, you can really get the benefit of it. Because where we're headed is, as sons of God, there's, there's an aspect of judgment and presenting ourselves that, that is unavoidable. But I never forget, right, many of the senior members were here the day the boiler inspector and the fire marshal and the electrical inspector. I don't know how they got here because we could hardly drive in. It was, the river was congested and I think they walked. <laughs> they really wanted to bring down the gavel and bring judgment here. But, but their intention really, you know, and they, they came out here and when they saw the work, and I was saying, you know, uh, Steve, talk about excellence. Whatever Steve put his hand, Salvaggio, whatever he put his hand to, I mean, it was very thoroughly researched and just done to, to the best. I mean, like, you, and, and they saw the work, what he, the power lines and the stuff like that. And, they weren't quite like Solomon when he, I mean, uh, <coughs> Queen of Sheba, but close. But anyway, all that said, 
they were so impressed that, that we really weren't trying to get away with something and, and do things that would harm us. They're, you know, that, that they found the loophole and that, you know, because they were going to shut us down. All morning we were, we were sweating it out because they were going to stop. And it's like we, we needed to get to, into the new power plant. And they found the loophole and allowed us to continue. But I never forgot. It was very clear to me that even out here in the natural, all the laws and all the things that, that we had to comply with, how many, how much, we send water samples up how often, Ted? Once a month. And, how, and that's, a, nobody, not many are aware of the investment of time that Ted has in that, right? It's quite an investment. And it's, it's all about to protect us from us. You know, all the, all the standards and all the regulations, we found ourselves out here in the middle of the wilderness of Alaska having to comply with more red tape and regulations than what we ever, what I ever remember back in this. We were right next to the, to the uh, fire hall in, in Claremont, New Hampshire. And here we are having to comply. But all there for one reason, I believe that Lord was trying to make a point. That the judgment, they are our friends. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's hard to call down fire on yourself but when God does bring it your way, when there's conflict, don't, don't ignore it, folks. It's only going to make us better, ultimately. Don't, don't. It's, it's amazing when stuff comes up, we can think this is our enemy. So-and-so is my enemy. They did this. You know, the Lord's in it. He, he has a purpose. So let's... Let's not be caught up getting sidetracked by the blessing and all the goodness that God has established. I'm, I'm, we're grateful for it. It really is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our eyes. But there's a lot more to it than that. So Lord, help us today to get the benefit of when you check us, Lord. Help us to stand to be attentive and stand our watch to see what you will say to us. We thank you, Father, for the, the quietness now that you bring, Lord, with still small voice that's at work in our members, Lord, to show your purpose, Lord, and your intention for us. We don't know the way to go, Lord, but you do. Thank you, Father. Amen.